Welcome back to Iris Matters, and thank you for joining us for our second podcast. Today, we are going to be delving into data share and a look behind the scenes. So everybody's very, very excited about data share, the fact that Ari Colorado and Iris are coming together again and going to be sharing uh, all of that information from across the front range. So I am here today with Colby and JP. Colby, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure, I'd be happy to. I'm Colby Ackerfield. I'm the Chief Technology Officer at RealGo. RealGo is the company, the software development company that Iris owns, and we develop the Iris MLS. We also operate the Iris MLS and Colo property. And our main project right now is DataShare. My name is JP Pleitner. I am with Iris MLS. I'm the product manager there. I've been with the company for about three years. I am working very closely with RealGo on our DataShare project. And that is 100% of our focus. One of the things I would really like to start off with is just a general idea of what goes into a project like this. A lot goes into a project like this. Um, We have contract negotiations for data use. We have data mapping that happens. We have to exchange information between the two organizations. So there is the process of granting credentials to access data. Then we have to digest that data and translate it into our native system. The end result is our users can use irises.com and pull listings that will be for other MLSs, but will have the same look, feel, and experience as they do with Iris listings. From our side, it is a large a large project, and, and we jump into some of those those pieces that JP just mentioned, especially you know after that contract and agreements are are set up, we start looking at the data. And we have to get all the data onto our system. And that's been an opportunity for us to work on some tools and some processes that we can use, you know, for other things inside of our MLS. So a lot of what we do at RealGo is move data around. So one of the big projects we took on as part of this data share initiative was modernizing kind of our data platform and how we're moving data through our system. And then like JP said, we have the translations. That's the part that users really see where we have to uh, pick and choose kind of like a word search crossword puzzle all in one of we've got a few hundred fields and a thousand features that we have to kind of compare and you know look between these these different values and map them together and figure out how they're going to fit those items from one system into the other system and then get those loaded up then there's lots of testing as we go through that to make sure that it all looks great, that we're representing ported data just like we would our own data inside of our own system. And yeah, just working through the whole system to you know load it up, translate it, get it tested, and uh, make sure we can deliver a great experience to our users. So it's uh, it's not the flip of a switch then? No, definitely not. I mean, <laughs> the work is, is fairly straightforward, um, but there's a lot of steps to it. There's lots of little things, tons of little details that we have to deal with all along because we're, we're, we're taking data, we're sticking it into an existing system. We want it to seamlessly fit in with the process and look just like this data from other MLSs was entered into our system. So yeah, lots of small details to deal with. Yeah, it sounds like there are a lot of moving pieces. One of the words that I keep hearing thrown around in conversations around data share is deduplication. Can can one of you speak to what that is? When when we get listings into our system, some of those listings that we're importing from another MLS have already been entered into our own system. And when a, a hot sheet or a prospect or even a regular search runs, I can be confusing to see 10 results, but 
maybe four of them are actual properties that exist in the real world. Well, that's bad, bad numbers there, but let, let's do it the other way around. Let's say there's six of them that are actual properties that exist in the real world. And four of those are maybe just the same listing but it was relisted in, in another MLS for multiple exposure in the past. So we want to make the experience so that when you're doing a search and you're seeing those listings, the listings that come up are just a single representation of what's there. The user can decide to turn duplicates on and off. Turning them off, you don't have to sort through, oh, wait, I just looked at that one a minute ago. You can you get a single view of, of the market. I'd like to add just a little tiny piece to that is uh, part of what Colby was talking about for those that might be new to the IRIS system is a feature inside our listing search where they will have the ability to deduplicate, essentially. And Colby's team builds the mechanism behind the scenes to accommodate that search feature, but it is a functionality that they can build into their search when they're searching for properties. RE Colorado is still going to have their proprietary software. They're still going to be their own independent entity. And so is Iris. That's part of the reason it's a data share and not a merger. We're just sharing information freely between each other. Isn't part of the mapping that we're doing to get it so that there isn't information left out from one system to the next? I mean, is that something that is going to sort of change the look of both systems? Definitely. I mean, one of our concerns with data share is making sure that users are confident that when they're seeing information from the other system or other systems that we've imported, that they can trust that, that that, that is, that there's no doubt that, well, maybe I'm not seeing something. And, you know, coming back to even the deduplication issue of why would you maybe want to see duplicates? Well, part of that is to have that confidence as well of, okay, here's the listing as it's represented in Iris. Here's the listing as it's represented in another system. Oh yeah, okay, they, those are the same. And I have a feeling that users that use the system regularly will find themselves potentially checking that initially, but gaining confidence and not feeling the need to do that. So that really is you know, gaining that confidence and making sure that any important data that's in the data set that we're importing, whether or not we have a, a field for it or not, that we can display it. Usually we have fields. A lot of the data is very similar, but we can deal with data that we just don't have a field for as well, especially if it's important data. We have what's called an additional info section where we'll take data that if we don't have an info, a field to store or it's a field that just doesn't translate very well, we can keep that information, put it in the additional info so that when you're seeing the list, you're not missing out on information that maybe is perceived to only be in one of the systems. And are you running into a lot of issues like that where there might be a field in one system and not in another? Do you have any examples of that? One great example is dealing with like a style or description. With RE Colorado, they have a heavy representation for high rises. You know, obviously they're in a very urban market, and that is a feature that is included in a very prominent piece of their listings. And you know, we we just don't have that kind of property experience up in northern Colorado. So what do you do with that? Do we add a field that doesn't provide a whole lot of value to the market that, you know, that we, that's our primary coverage area, or, you know, what do we do with that? We know it's an important component when you're shopping in that market, in the Denver market. So that's why we do things with the additional info field. So we make sure that it will appear it uh, on reports, listing information. So that field goes out to my site so that consumers can still be aware of uh, the, the additional information that, you know, that's on a listing. There really are a ton of pieces that when you're just thinking about 
oh, let's just have these streams of data talk to each other again. You just don't think about. So it's interesting to hear some of the examples of even that the market is that different in Denver versus northern Colorado, that there's a whole type of building that we barely deal with in the IRIS system. Colby, one of the things you had mentioned earlier was modernizing, using this as an opportunity to modernize. Could you speak to that a little bit? So we've been involved with data share initiatives for you know over a decade, probably about 15 years or, or more. And we've implemented quite a few different ways of doing it from the early days when it was, I think, only 70 fields in a flat file exchanged over FTP, which is a you know very old way of doing things. We don't do that anymore, but the legacy is there and, and there's been quite a few iterations in between. And some of those pieces were still in service. I and mean, some of those could have just been turned on with some adjustments, but they had a lot of, kind of a lot of baggage just over the years, dealing with systems that just aren't around anymore. For an example, like little things, like the convention between most systems is to do things like um, with property photos is to label them with numbers. So you have a position one photo and a position two, you know, just a real simple thing like that. Well, some of the systems we came across in the past would do that with letters. So you'd have photo A and photo B. The old systems would have ways of handling that, but we don't need that anymore. So that's a piece of code and a piece of logic that we can clean up and we don't have to continue to maintain. So what we worked on is a new streaming process, which means, you know, as the data is ready and it starts coming into our system, it starts going through what are all of our different steps of loading it and translating it and validating it and reloading it back into our database. And it streams through continuously and uh, fairly instantly. And this is a process that we can use for quite a few different things. We do this sort of data movement all throughout our systems, you know, in between you know, our MLS system and our mapping system and our showing system, even our public uh, display system call a property. So a lot of the components and the pieces that we're working on are, are reusable pieces and pieces that we can expand and use the whole technology platform that we're working on right now for quite a few other things. So how does that in the end benefit the end user, the subscribers to the system? Well, first of all, we can do things quicker, um, not just in terms of how fast the data moves, that is an aspect. Yes, data will move faster. So being able to get data out through our systems to things like call a property quicker, but also we can develop faster so that when requests come in to do new things, we can turn those around faster. Additionally, we're using a lot of off-the-shelf components, so we have more flexibility in how we can deploy it instead of having custom pieces that may be older. We have more modern technology and more vendors um, to choose from. Wonderful. JP, you are the product manager at Iris. And so you have had your finger on the pulse of a lot of the updates to the system. There's been some updates to carts. You've done a lot of work with contacts and hot sheets. And so those have all been affecting end users. And I'm wondering how that's getting integrated into this project. Sure. Well, we definitely, well, a lot of that comes into the work that Colby's team does by integrating it into the system. We do have pieces that are more legacy or definitely a lot older than other areas. The last iteration of DataShare ended in, in March of 2017. Since then, we've had some pretty major components released into the system. And those are things that we have to make sure that the data will work in. When you think about hot sheets, uh, we have a hot sheets summary now that appears on the start screen. That'll be something that users, you know, we want to make sure that you can set a hot sheet so you can see all of those new Denver market listings that will be coming through, you know, when we when we have data share live when we're Q4. Some of the functionality that's come out in 
you know, the last year or two, we'll have to go through that and make sure that it's it's ready to work with the, the data share data. One of the things that we've done recently is redesigned a lot of our reports. A lot of those reports show up inside of like email. They also show up in my listings and the and the carts interface. So those reports, uh, they do work with PPAR data. We've done that sort of testing, uh, the PPMLS data and making sure that we test all those different parts of any of the pieces that have been released in the, in the last couple of years along with the rest of the system before we launch this. It really does come down to testing. I mean, there's a lot of work that happens in the background, but the the crux of it all, like the key, what makes it successful is making sure that it's really thoroughly vetted before it gets released out to the general users. The testing will involve, right now, what we're doing is literally taking you know, we have several different environments in which we work. You know, what we we refer to the system, you know, irisis.com, that is our production system. We also have a staging environment. We have a development environment. So we're doing a lot of testing in those behind the scenes areas where we are reviewing listings side by side. Because in those in those systems, we have listing data already loaded. And that's exciting to see. Let me tell you, there's something very exciting to see our Colorado listings being loaded and being able to see the data and seeing, you know, the fruits of our mapping labor, really. That is the component. We are doing a first pass of that. That handles, you know, we have a tester at Iris and we have, you know, the developers are working at RealGo. We're also reviewing. It goes through that pass. And then we plan on meeting with RE Colorado and comparing listings that way as well. And then we also plan on including end users. So our, our brokers especially those that are in crossover markets. We have some managers that are subscribers to both or participants with uh, both MLSs, and they are going to know their inventory to the to the detail more so than we will. So that will be kind of the cherry on the testing cake, if you will, or testing Sunday. I don't know what that analogy is, but it will be, you know, that is going to be the true sign off is what what they think their listing looks like side by side. Very nice. And it sounds like there's a a lot of levels of that that are going on. And I can see how that could, I mean, it just gives us a better view of how many things are going into the scope of this project and making, making all of this stuff happen. Not just making it happen, but making it happen well and smoothly so that it's a great experience for users, whether they're a member of RE Colorado, a member of IRIS, or a member of both. And that brings me to another question. Are there any benefits of this to mem- to people who are already members of both systems. Definitely. Currently, in order to search in certain markets, you'll need to search in two different systems and then use reporting mechanisms from those two different systems and combine them some way to present those. Those are just extra steps. So part of the goal here, having a more complete data set inside of the MLSs is that you can use the tools that you're familiar with to get a full picture of what the market looks like and do it all in one place, one set of tools, and be confident that you aren't missing anything and that you're seeing the most accurate data. And the industry, the MLS industry is very big on the concept of MLS of choice. You know, it's an NAR policy. It is something that MLSs have to provide realtor-owned and operated MLSs. And this kind of aids that policy. You know, we, we already have that implemented in our market. If someone's primary MLS is not IRIS. They don't have to subscribe, even if their brokers are, are participants. This makes that easier. You know, they can continue to see the full data set 
and no longer have to feel, you know, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. So yeah, I think it's it's a, a benefit to both. Regarding the decision to remain subscribers to one or both is definitely a business decision. Uh, this isn't encouraging one or the other. We we leave that strictly to to the preference of the the broker, the user. And uh, don't, I don't anticipate that there will be a lot of loss. We didn't experience that previously. Our numbers don't show that. We're not, that's not something we're fretting about. And it definitely is not a factor in whether or not we, we make data share a success. So what will be the full region that uh, is now having unified data? Sure. So uh, once we go live, again, that'll be in Q4, then we will have in our one database, we will have listings all the way down through Colorado Springs and below. We will have full uh, one system experience data share for RE Colorado, for PPMLS, and this is this is just within irises you know we also have other other areas where we data share with mlss that expand beyond that in uh, for the state of colorado through rpr um, but yes we are we're very excited to say that it'll be a full front range picture in in irises once we go live that's a pretty large region it really is will this have any impact or interplay with our third party services so things like homesnap cloud cma Yes, we are going to be doing some new things this time around that we haven't had before. I mean, we didn't have HomeSnap at the time of our, our previous iterations of data share. So that's going to be a new experience. And then we also have the addition of the ability to include uh, RE Colorado listings through Cloud CMA, which is something that we weren't previously able to do, as well as provide additional listings to our stats service, which is InfoSparks, you know, our, our market stats, which is InfoSparks and fast stats. And that is super exciting as well to, to really get a, a complete picture, especially for those crossover markets. I can imagine that it's been a tedious process for those brokers to get a, a complete picture of stats in those crossover, you know, in that crossover region. That's exciting. That's really exciting. I think that people who are in that position right now are going to get a ton of benefit out of this. So the big question still is, when are we going to get data share? That is a big question. We can officially say early Q4 of this year, as we get closer to release, we will be publishing information through our monthly newsletters, the Blink, which goes out to all of our users and at a glance, which goes to our broker managers, as well as through our blog and our start screen. So and, and and social media pages. So be on the lookout for those communications as well as possibly another podcast. A lot of different ways to stay up to date with what's happening and have the newest and clearest information and dates. So keep your eyes on all of that. JP Colby, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your expertise and for uh, illuminating what's going on behind the curtain for all of our users here. Iris Matters podcast is brought to you by Iris MLS and ColorProperty.com.